I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aviva Canada, a leading property and casualty insurance group providing home, automobile, leisure slash lifestyle and business insurance to 2.9 million customers. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 133 of the Syrupcast. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, August 10th. That's a lie. We're actually recording it on August 3rd, but we uh, we needed to fill some space, so here we are. Uh, the Syrupcast... <laughs> the most a, honest intro. This is your best intro ever. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Syrupcast is a... I'd like to say it's a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom system, ecosystem, excuse me. That's not true all of the time, but, you know, we le- at least we try. Let's just say it. Yeah. Let's just say it anyway. It's true. It, it's true. Uh, I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic, and this week I'm joined by Wobo Syrup Senior Editor, and as always, Nintendo Switch Reporter, Patrick O'Rourke. Patrick? I'm good. I'm great. How are you? I, I, I'd hope so. We only just I only just asked you how you were doing like 20 minutes ago. It's been so long since I've seen you. Exactly. Uh, Mobile Syrup Senior Reporter, Rose Bar. Hello. Oh my gosh. So exciting to be here. Again. I know. Lastly, uh, we once again have our good friend, Tom Emmerich. Tom, thank you for joining us for two thank podcasts. Thank you. No, thanks for having me back. I made it. You made it. You didn't send us your uh, AR no, my a doppelganger. Exactly. Or did yeah. I? Someone pinch me. Oh. Well, I I'm waiting. <laughs> I can't because I would. That would require me to get out of my seat, and that would ruin the entire recording. You look very realistic. <laughs> yes. Um, this week we're talking about the recent iPhone leaks as well as the uh, V30. It is the dog days of summer. So, what does one do in the dog days of summer? But think ahead about all the releases that are yet to come, mm-hmm. uh, because. S8, that's old. That's early 2017. Yeah. Not, not, it's not the current hotness. So, Pat, you wrote about that. Uh, lay it down on us. What happened? The iPhone leaks. Yes. The biggest leaks since the iPhone 4 was found in a bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a time to be so, alive. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, but so this really is some of the most substantial leaks we've seen related to an upcoming iPhone in a long time. Um, and it's way ahead of time, too. It's not like a couple of weeks out. This is like months away from whatever this phone's going to be, um, whatever it's going to be called, whenever it drops. So I, I guess the main points are uh, a HomePod firmware update was accidentally released to developers. Someone at Apple pressed the button too early. They shouldn't have done it. I'm sure someone got fired over it. But a bunch of really smart developers got their hands mm-hmm. on it. Um, and they've been sort of picking it apart and learning different things about it. Uh, so one of the main, I, I guess, elements of the phone, and this sort of confirms earlier rumors, is that the phone is going to have a, what they're calling a wraparound screen. So it, the whole front of the device is apparently going to be a screen. It's going to wrap around um, 
the camera, and it's also not even going to have a traditional Touch ID fingerprint sensor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems Apple wasn't able to get that work to, to work if these sort of inferences that people are making about the device are true. Um, instead, this device is going to opt for facial unlock, uh, which is going to be done through infrared. There's also some names that are being thrown around the iPhone Pro, which mm-hmm. I was talking to Rose a couple of days ago that I think that's probably what it's going to be called because it kind of makes sense with Apple's naming conventions. Um, or it could be called the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X. Um, but it's also, I guess, important to note that this is the the rumor, anyways, uh, is that there's going to be three devices. There'll be the iPhone 7S, the iPhone mm-hmm. 7S Plus, and then this more expensive, um, I, I guess you could call it higher end, fancier version of the phone. Um, and that's what most of these leaks pertain to. I, I think those are the, the big ones. I mean, there's the the minutia of the face detect stuff um Mm -hmm. but the the big one of the first leak was just the screen like the fact that that screen is going to cover the whole uh, front of the device right so i think a good place to start is to kind of parse it out into smaller parts um and i think the one that's kind of most interesting to me is abandoning the touch id sensor um last week or earlier today today depending on your perspective uh we talked about you know, Tom, had you had this great point about the evolution of AR, which was, you know, it goes from you had the metaphor of the monocle, uh, but you put up your phone uh, and then it goes to the glasses and then eventually it's in, within your eyes. The touch ID sensor and fingerprint sensors are kind of interesting, kind of viewed through that lens in the sense that, you know, we used to slide to unlock. We used to put in uh, our numbers or uh, some passcode, excuse me. And a fingerprint sensor, they become so commoditized that they're now on every almost every single kind of phone. And if a phone doesn't have it, you kind of feel that loss. It's like a phantom limb almost, right? Um, what do you take, like, is facial recognition the evolution of that? Was this the right move on Apple? Should they have just put it on the back even if it didn't look too great? Um, I'm, I'm sure this, uh, the uh, disembodied voice of Johnny Ive was like, this offends me that there's a back-facing <laughs> thing. The back-facing thing. Uh, yeah. But I, think, I think there is some uh, correlation between facial scanning and, and, and augmented reality. Certainly, mm. they're, they're, um, they're able to map out the face and identify parts of the face, which mm-hmm. um, you know is very akin to being able to map out things in the real world and put objects in. Mm-hmm. But what you might want to think about is what value is there to continue to scan faces? Mm-hmm. to enrich the camera experience overall, to enrich whatever might be coming with augmented reality mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, the data that they'd be getting with biometrics. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Is 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 the data collection of face scanning more valuable to Apple than it, than mm-hmm. fingerprint? That would be my first thing. And then the second would be, is it is it more secure? Is is facial scanning more secure? But I keep coming back to this, this thought I have in my head of how fast is it going to be? Because that ultimately is going to determine whether people like it or not mm-hmm. you know with with the fingerprint sensor when it first came out i was worried that it would take too long and actually mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite things with yeah. the yeah. iphone it's like a shortcut so as long as i literally just pick up my phone and it quickly just sees me mm-hmm. um, and it's not having to find the best light it's not having to like put my face in the right position and i'm assuming that apple is not going to roll something like that out um, it could be an even faster 
uh, method to get into your phone. And that ultimately is what the end user is going to care about. Right. Yeah. I think it's going to be a temporary annoyance if that is the case, that it just has the facial recognition because I ha- I use like Windows Hello and I like it most of the time, but sometimes it just doesn't work. It's not quite there yet. I'm not sure if Apple will have, uh, you know, improved that much on Microsoft's technology, which they've been using out in the world for quite a while now. And then the other aspect is like, well, okay, but so if you take your phone out and you don't have a fingerprint sensor, you have to bring it all the way to your face. That's pretty obtrusive. But it's not really anymore now that you have your phone up at your face for augmented reality. Mm -hmm. Um, They're doing doing other stuff too, like... uh, the second sort of wave of leaks there's something called attention detection yeah. where the idea is if you have the phone sitting on your your, your desk or right. whatever and you're at work um notifications won't pop up unless the phone detects that you're looking at it there's no we have right. no idea how that would work but perhaps that would have something yeah. to do with the unlocking like, if it can kind of take pictures of your face from below and also be yeah. able to perform with the same level of accuracy i mean they found code for for different types of expressions mm. which mm. means mm-hmm. maybe but but it's the same with Windows Hello, right? Like you take you take pictures in different yeah. lighting conditions, different yeah. expressions. So yeah. you, I mean, you could be right. Like maybe this is very similar to what Windows Hello is. But like, the, I, I think that it's really interesting to think about the fact that this next iPhone is all about having the iPhone see, right? It's right. seeing the world around right. you, mm-hmm. including you. It actually wants to see you. And in a way, you know, there's this whole uh, kind of change in making computing be more like a robot, be more like an assistant. Yes. Yeah. So having your phone see you and recognize you as part of that, you know, part of that behavioral change. It's it, This phone actually sees me. Wow, it, it knows me, right? Yeah. And so that little bit of magic is yeah. something to be said as well. You know, I was in China and I got to use WeChat's WePay mm. and they, they have facial recognition there. And I'll be, I'll be honest, it was really quick. Mm. And it, it, it feels more secure because it feels like that technology has, has personally identified right. you. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I think that your point about data maybe like face facial data being more valuable is potentially being valuable is really interesting as we enter into an era where there's more artificial intelligence where we're going to want robots to be able to sense how we're feeling yes so i think that you know in a way it could be almost just a forward thinking strategic decision to be able to get better at well and you know that siri was advanced to have more natural language with Mm. inflection yeah could it be possible that she or he wants to watch you in order to change that inflection to be right. a much more natural conversation? Right. Could be something that interesting really about. Interesting. I'd yeah. be totally cool with it as long as it's as fast as Touch ID. I think I think a lot of people will probably have that same opinion as long as it's fast and as secure as Touch ID is. It won't change anything. Right. Because we were talking about ways that you might be able to game the system a little bit before the podcast in terms of facial recognition. And, and one thing to note about Apple is that they did acquire back in i think it was 2016 emotion which is an artificial Uh, intelligence facial recognition company that you know uses all that information to read people's emotions Mm. you know and there's there's been a lot of examples like for example uber wanting to watch you know their drivers um, emotions as they're driving people around in order Mm. to measure and make the experience better uh the emotional web effective computing is also one of these big trends that we should be keeping our eye on and so you need to be able to read people's you know faces you need to be able to see what they're doing Mm -hmm. and so you know this this first step of using it as an authentication piece makes sense to people and then eventually could you be playing you know 
uh, Pokemon Go or, you know, Mario Run and the game starts changing based on, you know, because the, the game's watching you. You know what I mean? That's true. Cool. Yeah. I mean, one thing I did want to point out is that fingerprint sensing technology is getting so advanced that to me, it seems like it would outstrip um, facial recognition. Recently, Qualcomm announced its newest fingerprint sensor, which would be able to sense through displays mm-hmm. and uh, through OLED displays and also uh, would be able to sense heartbeats uh, more accurately, which could potentially mean that the security would be higher. Like you couldn't just put, you know, if you're in a spy movie, you couldn't just put somebody's dead finger on the, yeah, yeah. the phone. Right? And the through display thing was apparently something if these if, if the data that people have taken from these yeah. these leaks if, if it's true it's something that apple wasn't able to accomplish. not quite yet yeah it's it's very new technology but to me that's further af- ahead than what facial right. recognition can offer but i'm wondering when it's going to come to the macbook then mm-hmm. that was what i was kind of expecting to happen right. so i'm wondering if they see some success with the iphone 8 with facial recognition could they start using it on their MacBook line? Because you're actually sitting in front of that a lot longer, you mm-hmm. know, than your iPhone. So that's going to be more lucrative. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The one issue I, I, the one potential issue I see coming up with this is how will this system work with Apple Pay, right? Because with Apple Pay right now, the biggest thing is how it works is you just take your phone while you have your thumb or what it, whichever digit you prefer on the phone and you uh, put it up against the card reader. Um, I'm sure Apple has obviously thought of this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the fact that they're taking away Touch Mm -hmm. ID. Um, And we'll see. Like, I hope it's an elegant solution. Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure just because of how I've seen uh, facial recognition work on other systems. Like on the Surface Book, for instance, it's probably one of the best ones. And yet it's still not, it doesn't work 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to to see what they do with it. I think they're also going to give... um, the, I guess from this leak too, it indicates that they're probably going to give developers some access to, to this because mm-hmm. they're they're releasing something called Biometric Kit mm-hmm. that was found in the code. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to see, uh, I guess, how much access they give mm-hmm. developers, their third party partners, to this sort of stuff because I think that will to some extent. Uh, prove how successful or unsuccessful it is mm-hmm. but you have to remember that apple's decisions are not necessarily being influenced by the north american market right now they're mm-hmm. being highly influenced by china mm-hmm. and both alibaba and wechat and WePay utilize facial recognition it's a mm-hmm. standard mm-hmm. and so they may just be seeing the need to uh utilize that or the writing format. on the wall right how, how exactly. does it work there is that like through a transaction it's, mean? it's most like online payments so online from what payments. i saw uh, okay. but but i wasn't I wasn't there to, to make any payments where it would be more like what oh, Igor was I mentioning see, yeah. with the taps. Because yeah. I'm sort of in the same boat as Igor. I'm like logistically trying to imagine how mm-hmm. that would work. Like I'm at McDonald's or something and I hold up the phone and it validates the purchase. And then I guess I move it near the device so that it, it mm. does the transaction. But you are I, right. I guess, the, I guess that's how it would work then, right? The fingerprint makes much more sense yeah, for yeah. our North American tap-like devices. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah.
Today's podcast is brought to you by Aviva Canada, a leading property and casualty insurance group providing home, auto, leisure, and lifestyle and business insurance to 2.9 million customers. Severe weather and natural disasters are on the rise, and Aviva's Plan and Protect app will help your family prepare for earthquakes, severe wind, winter storms, wildfires, and floods. It tells you what to do before, during, and after these events, stores your insurance info, and works with Wi-Fi. Download it free from the App Store or Google Play, and Aviva will donate $5 to the Canadian Red Cross. I'm even logistically trying to think of, say you're at a dinner party that you want to leave and you're surreptitiously getting your phone under the table and you're, mm. you're opening it. You don't want to like pull it up and look at it. You well, know, you, like, you always have the passcode as a backup, that's right? Like, yeah. And you also have another thing. You have an Apple Watch authentication as well. Mm. Yeah. So it could potentially just strengthen the need to have an Apple Watch in order to authenticate. Oh, yeah. I could be. Too. Yeah. Huh. Um, what do you take of the kind of, uh, what do you make, excuse me, of the screen itself? Um, that is, I think, probably, for most people anyway, uh, superficially, that will be the biggest change. I think it's cool. Um, I mean, we write about a lot of phones. It's sometimes hard to get excited about phones when they're coming out because they're mm-hmm. all the same thing, right? So if um, I put quickly anecdote, uh, Tom was talking to Dean, and Dean was like, this is cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Tom was just like, I want to hear all your like one word uh, appraisals of all these new devices. <laughs> well, because ultimately we, we should get excited about this incremental change for sure. But when you put it on a table, it's still going to look like an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's still I mean, the, same, the same slab form factor. What I am excited about is, uh, I guess, the way that Samsung marketed the S8 was with the infinity display thing, bezel-less, mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. Were, were thrown around. And it looked good, and it, it looked great, and it was the best that we'd seen at that point, but it wasn't really truly bezel-less. There was still a yeah. relatively substantial bezel there. But um, AR won't look magical if there is bezels. That's that's mm-hmm. why they need so to maybe make this, this is bezel part of it, right? Yeah. So I, I am excited to see what this will look like. And the other thing that I'm kind of concerned about is how apps that exist now are going to adapt mm-hmm. to the, New screen. the screen sort of wrapping around the camera itself like right. i think mm-hmm. that's going to be really interesting because and also phone cases like what will a phone yeah. case do to it and then i'm yeah. also really worried about how many of these devices are going to be broken especially mm. if like rumors are true it's an all glass device yeah mm. i'm like i don't want no all glass device it yeah. can't even yeah. handle one pane of glass so, so i think some of apple's <laughs> answers to all these things we're complaining about are than just by the iphone s uh, 7s or 7s plus but yeah. uh, you know it's it's going to get, this is the path that the iPhone is going to yeah. go, right? So you, it's it's kind of a like a half measure, yeah, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's 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 like the right answer, but that's yeah. what they're going to say, right? And I can even see it on stage right now. We have this awesome phone that we're offering. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want any of this new stuff, <laughs> we still offer this. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it'll be played out. I mean- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
And another half measure is you could have a case that sort of makes it so that you can't really enjoy the full AR benefits and stuff, but then take the case off when you do want to use AR. I mean, it's not Mm. ideal, though, Mm -hmm. still. I I think also, like, with the in terms of the top with the camera, Mm. I I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue as we anticipate. Like, there may not be much of interest at the top of the screen, but they'll probably find a way to just merge it into the rest. Mm. That's pretty seamless. The one thing that I'm really not looking forward to about it is the lack of an actual physical home button. I don't, yeah. that's one of my least favorite things about Android, certain Android devices that just have, um, what would you call it? Contextual where, where the, this virtual it's just virtual, virtual yeah. button. I, I'm never a big fan of those. I like the, the tactile feel of the physical button, yeah. um, especially the, uh, the one in the iPhone seven, which, what what does it utilize? It, it does because it doesn't actually move. Oh, haptic, um, yeah, haptic, yeah, yeah, haptic yeah. vibration. But it's because Apple is trying to force you into this new future where there is no button, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be all Siri. You're just supposed to talk to your phone, and your phone's going to see you. That's right. their vision. I don't like this feature, but, but we're not used to it. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I did want to mention about the screen as it relates to the fingerprint sensor was, you know, we've seen in the past when Apple takes a feature away they're they almost never bring it back right so the headphone jack we're probably never going to see it on another it'll be on the computers or may not i don't know we'll see how all of that plays out but what's interesting here if the company develops a kind of solution where it is what they were trying where it's the on-screen fingerprint sensor do they just say no to that right at this point when you've already kind of said to people we're moving to facial recognition um, is that something they integrate into a future iPhone or they kind of keep off the table? Because it's kind of philosophical issue for Apple, right? I don't, I don't think they're going to go back. They never go back on things. So if, yeah. if this is the way that it plays out with the facial recognition, even if they're able to do it at some point in the future, I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it'll happen. This will be the route that they'll take for I agree. all upcoming devices. But I, I think it's amazing how quickly they moved pa- uh, past touch because mm-hmm. I feel like touch just came out. I know yeah, it hasn't, but yeah. it still feels really fresh. It's been, it's been a couple of years. It was five yeah. Yes, I know, but it just hours. still feels a little bit fresh. Oh, but, yeah. you know, also you have to think about HomePod itself. It's interesting this came out through HomePod mm-hmm. because if you look at Amazon Show, for example, mm-hmm. that's the the evolution of HomePod where HomePod's going to be in your house and it also needs to be able to identify you and your friends. Mm-hmm. How is it going to have all this information? It's mm-hmm. going to have it through the spatial recognition. So Apple's really thinking about all of their new ecosystem and how that's going to play out. Hmm. What was interesting about the the leak of all this code too is we learned more about the the iPhone than HomePod, even though it's HomePod's <laughs> right. code. But they yeah. uh, apparently they they share uh, similar data. Mm-hmm. But everything that has come out of it from the super smart people analyzing it is all related to the to the mm-hmm. iPhone. And there was some cool Apple Watch leaks too, right? Yeah, about was, yoga yeah, and ski, yeah. Um, some Skiing some exercises, yeah, some yeah. new exercises, which you know says to me that they're doing a lot of work in health on their side, right. um, mm-hmm. being able to figure out those activities and then also identifying perhaps where people want to use this. Yep. Uh, so it was an interesting leak for sure. Wondering if it was an actual leak or if it was... Uh, um, yeah. Some uh, gamesmanship, I should say. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it was a legit leak. Um, yeah. And you work with Apple quite a bit. <laughs> I, I think it was a pretty legitimate leak. I, I don't know how much history there is of Apple actually doing something like like this intentionally. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. like to keep uh, their cards sort of close to the vest. Yeah. Um, 
Well, especially at a time too when I heard that the Jamaican Patent Office has changed all of their yeah. their ways so that we don't even so know the name of them. it, right? Yeah. I so, mean, I mean, it could be possible sort of to gauge people's reactions because this is going to be one of the most significant changes to the iPhone since the iPhone four. Um, but I, I, I don't see it. I, I think Apple's too secretive of a company for this to sort of leak yeah. it like mm-hmm. this on on purpose. Yeah. If I could uh, throw uh, uh, hail Mary. Um, you mentioned the Apple Watch, uh, Tom, and you are our resident wearables expert. Um, we also heard uh, Fitbit talking about their smartwatch mm-hmm. uh, and how it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you kind of, we've had this discussion before about wearables and where they're going. Um, and it kind of seems something to be that Apple is kind of trying to finesse some kind of vision uh, and they haven't really been able to lay it out beyond it is about fitness, it is about wearable, or sorry, it's about fitness, excuse me. Um, so what do you make of that? Like, uh, or let me state that better. What do you make of uh, Fitbit now going into smartwatches instead of their uh, their tried and true breadwinner, right. which right. is you know the fitness wearables? I've been pretty vocal on social about the fact that I don't think Fitbit should be creating a smartwatch. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very odd strategy. Mm-hmm. What I do like is the fact that they're focusing on applications and focusing on an ecosystem yeah. that mm-hmm. really uh, stretches the capabilities of the existing Fitbit suite of products. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why create a smartwatch when uh, smartwatches are, according to Apple, doing not bad? You know, their their new um, report that Tim suggested in their in their fiscal call said it was fifty percent up since last year. We still mm-hmm. don't know numbers, but says that they're doing really well. I wish they would just release it. I know, but uh, you know, the smartwatch is is here, it's not going anywhere, Mm -hmm. but we're seeing already the fact that that fashion brands have embraced the smartwatch and that's where it always needed to be. So Louis Vuitton coming out with the most expensive Android Wear watch. Apple not being a tech brand, they're a fashion brand, let's be honest. So Mm -hmm. that's why they're being successful. Fitbit is not a fashion brand. Mm -hmm. Arguably the Fitbit devices have never really been that great looking. The reason why people love Fitbit is because they're tried, tested and true, but more importantly, because they have the strongest social network, probably benefiting because Nike bowed out and the Nike fuel band used to have the the strongest fitness Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. So if I was Fitbit, if I would have been Fitbit, I would have bought Coin like they did. I would have bought Pebble like they did. Mm -hmm. And I would have opened up their ecosystem to developers Mm -hmm. and allow for the accelerometer and the heart rate sensor to be used in a way that Patrick mentioned, like the biometric kit, where what can you do with biometrics that are on the wrist? And the most obvious thing to go next to is payments, which they are, right? They're putting NFC supposedly in the watch. But if Fitbit was just a great payment wristband with great steps and heart rate, people would really like it. Because what I'm seeing is that on average, if you're not a smart if you're not a watch person, you're not going to buy any watch, regardless of a smart mm-hmm. or dumb watch. But people yeah. are apt to buy a, a wristband. They are, because yeah. it doesn't take up much real estate. So if Fitbit kind of started to partner with designers to make it look a lot better, like they did with Tory Burch a long time ago, and they opened up their platform to allow for biometrics to be used in a gamified way. Imagine this now being integrated in Pokemon Go. There's so many things that they could be doing mm-hmm. Um and perhaps that's what they're going to be, going to try to do with their their app store, mm-hmm. but but they seem to be going down a closed garden route, and I don't think it's going to work for Fitbit because um, unfortunately um, they're not Apple. Mm-hmm. So what is I guess on a in a broader context, what is the future of the smartwatch? Like where does it fit into some of these technologies that we've talked over these 
past two days or past two weeks. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, we're seeing the smartwatch being used for payments, for authentication, mm-hmm. uh, for fitness, uh, and notifications. Mm-hmm. But as augmented reality glasses start to become available, mm-hmm. what we're talking like 10 years from now, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, seven years from now, there's not going to be a need to have a display on your wrist. So I think it's 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 arguable that we may not need a, a device on our wrist that has a screen, mm-hmm. but, but it is necessary for us to have a device that's biosensing, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where the wristband makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're seeing in the smartwatch space is the hybrid watch winning out. So you want to have a nice looking watch because it's a fashion piece, because it's a status symbol, and then it has smarts within it. I yeah. think that's where the dust is going to settle. And I don't think it's going to be very easy to buy a dumb watch anymore, unless it's like a really expensive watch for that purpose. I think all watches are going to become smart, just yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but what's the future of the smartwatch? Without contextual computing, it, 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 without better voice control, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. That being said, the one thing I am looking for within the Apple ecosystem is how does the watch play with AirPods? That's kind of what I'm hoping to see. Right. And and we started to see so a little bit of that strengthening. That. That's you know, So I think they mentioned a little bit of strengthening in WWDC. They kind of glossed over it just like they did. Hey, we're opening up Bluetooth protocols <laughs> so you can do you yeah. know, more real-time mm. heart rate. Super game changer for diabetes. Mm. But if you're looking also at what's happening with all the big players, Amazon, Apple, Google, it's a health play. So mm. continue to look at smartwatch and wrist wearables as a health play. Right. And expect them to be smarter and smarter about your health. Now they're going to, you know, track skiing and yoga. Eventually, it's going to be a much, a, um, much more concrete diabetes device. Mm-hmm. Could it eventually do what we all wanted it to do right from the get-go and, and be able to monitor and tell you when you're going to have a heart attack before you have a heart yeah. attack? That's the future of the smartwatch, the wrist-worn wearable. It's the health uh, protector. Yeah. So I know we're running out of time, but uh, there was a follow-up question I really want to ask you now, which is, how does that future where every watch is going to be um, a smartwatch reconcile with the current uh, ecosystem, which is, you know, most of these uh, brands are going to Android Wear. Mm. We just saw Google go through one of its probably like, even for its standards, that was a really tough and brutal rollout of Android Wear 2.0. Um, especially when you kind of think about the ecosystem of watches, which is, they're t- you know, Ideally, if you're spending how much ever like a Louis Vuitton watch right. costs, you don't want to be replacing it every two years. Right. Right. So how does all of that, how right. do all of those factors coalesce into That's that why for me, like if I was to buy a Louis Vuitton watch, it has to be a hybrid watch and mm-hmm. because yeah. it needs to stand on its own. And that's still a little bit of my pet peeve with the Apple Watch. I thought the power save mode would actually allow for it to be a watch, you know, 365 days that would be my if i was to you know email tim cook and say give me one thing let the watch always be a watch even if it ran out of power that would be amazing yeah Yeah. and that's what the hybrid watches do um so yes i think you know android wear it 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 is you know uh the largest market share in terms of the 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 variation of devices that are out there um it's going to have the same problem as the phone but luckily it's not as robust um Mm -hmm. and we're also not seeing the app ecosystem as entirely necessary with with the device Mm -hmm. and I've always, I've always said with wearables, it's a lot more about listening and gathering the data and using the data than it is about trying to do things with the device. Mm-hmm. So what, what I love to see more and more are 
are applications that leverage the data. You know, I was in Chicago yesterday and there's a company called Stridekick that ingests all this data uh, mm-hmm. from your Fitbit or your Apple Watch and then creates little communities to help gamify, you know, the the overall experience. That's a good example of, mm-hmm. of utilizing the data to make existing apps better. That's the strategy I like to see. Not having an app for the Apple Watch, but having an app that uses Apple Watch data. Mm-hmm. I can't even think the last time that I used an app on my Apple Watch. Like, I, it's probably been months. Right. They think yeah. up for complications. It's literally yeah, complications yeah. and notifications. That's what I and use And that's it. it. Yep. And that annoying thing that tells me to breathe. I'm not going to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're I, stressing me out. Yeah. <sighs> I don't have time to breathe. I think, yeah, from that standpoint, my favorite watch has always been the Gear S2. Mm. Because there were no apps. It was very uncomplicated, right? Mm. Um, Tom, thank you again so much for all the insights. Thank you. When for you're back me. from Canada, or back from the U.S., excuse me, please come on the show. As I said Always. last week, hey. uh, shout outs, everyone. Shout outs. Okay, um, my next shout out is a fun little horror story. If you fly from uh, you know the East Coast to San Francisco, uh, <laughs> East Coast of Canada to San Francisco, recently there was a Air Canada flight that uh, came in at night to San Francisco Airport and went down the wrong runway and just almost landed on a united flight um and it was it would have been a huge disaster one of the hugest disasters in like recent history um and it was it got down to 59 feet Mm -hmm. apparently and like the the other plane is about like 56 feet that's how close it was that close it It was was so close what Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to point that out because i do fly into san francisco pretty frequently you can there's a great someone did a great thing where it's like it visualizes their chatter between the pilots and the interesting thing about all these pilots is like they're like facing down deaf and they're just like yeah uh roger that (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah Yeah. you know like was it the actual chatter yeah they're just like total chill bros and they're like uh they're like um you know uh air traffic control uh an air canada flight just flew over yeah yeah Yeah. they're like uh what's this guy doing that's literally one of the guys doing some weird stuff yeah pat uh, so my shout out goes to a Canadian team uh, called Digital Depth that is making a universal video game controller called the All Controller. I did a little feature uh, where I spoke to one of the people that was working on it. Um, so the idea of this controller is that it works with literally any video game system you can think of: Nintendo Switch, uh, Xbox, three, Xbox One. I don't think it. Yeah, it works with the 360 as well. Uh, PS3, PC, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the idea is that it's the one controller that you ever need. Um, and he came into the office. I tried it a little bit. There were some concerns regarding quality with like the buttons and uh, the joysticks were a little floppy. Uh, but generally, it was, it was very impressive. And it's kind of something that I've always wondered why no one has made yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's cool. It's a cool project. They just surpassed their Kickstarter goal of 75000 I think uh, they're sitting at 112000 Canadian right now. So mm-hmm. it's going to actually exist, which is something we can't say about every kickstarter wow. i hope they figure out their floppy joystick problem me too they were really <laughs> hey, yeah it's an issue with that first is a big shooters. problem for a lot of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> not a big problem um i want to shout out to a guy named frameworks uh i don't know where he's from but he just released a really great album called kings if you enjoy really like down tempo music for working this is perfect tom 
your shoutouts are always so cool. I and know. then I go back to business. So I'm going to go back to Apple okay. uh, because I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Apple's first uh, foray into becoming a cyborg. Mm-hmm. So Apple um, and Cochlear, which is a, uh, a hearing implant company out of Australia, mm-hmm. officially teamed up to allow for these implants to be controlled by the iPhone iPhone in terms of the sound. Wow. So this is like big deal because there have been hearing aids that have apps that are compatible with the iPhone, but this is like directly being able to mm-hmm. um, be controlled using the iPhone. So it just kind of gives you a little bit more vision into, you know, how we are quickly becoming technology and how Apple is eyeing that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but how to update that, you know, implant or, you know, whatever it might be is kind of going to be the big decision that you're going to have to make. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a Google cyborg. You're going to be an Apple <laughs> cyborg. You can't switch afterwards. Oh my uh, God. That's yeah. scary. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm imagining this future. <laughs> um, Tom, where can people find you? You can find me in the future or on Twitter <laughs> at Tom Emmerich. Pat? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke. And I'm at Rose Bahar. And I'm at Igor Bonifacic. If you have questions that you'd like to send to the Syrupcast, you can do so uh, by sending an email to podcast at mobilesyrup.com. Robin, our sound engineer, would be really happy if you sent an audio recording so that we could put your lovely voice into the podcast. We still have yet to have someone do that, but we're hoping one day soon. They're going to do it this time. This time. Yeah. This time. I know in my heart and my mind that they'll do it. Uh, Rose, where can people find Mobile Syrup? Um, we're at Mobile Syrup on pretty much every old um, social media platform out there, from Twitter to YouTube to uh, Google Plus to Facebook. One can't forget Google Plus and no. because Google, Instagram, sorry, about. and Instagram. Yeah, that's we post, like we post lots of dope photos. We're, on we're actually super hype on Instagram. Mm. So thank you for listening and have a great weekend. Bye. 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 Bye.